1: Our fixation with guns in our country is destroying our children. And when you look at it, uh, I say this over and over again we have a sea of violence in our city and country, and there are many rivers that are feeding that sea. We
0: must damn each one.
1: That's Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, who, uh, you know, a lot of people on the right are really happy that he's a mayor instead of a socialist woke person but uh he doesn't agree with me on guns our obsession with guns or fascination with guns or whatever he said we him.
0: well yeah 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 i'd like to know more about what he meant by that Uh, i think i know and i think you're right but you know the fascination with guns in a lot of the neighborhoods where all the killing is taking place is, is a different sort of fascination
1: yeah well um, I didn't want to get off on that topic. I just saw that Minnie Mouse is going to wear a pantsuit in an upcoming episode of, uh, of something on Disney. It's seen as a great leap forward or something. This changes everything. Minnie Mouse has always worn really high heels. Oh, yeah. And a short skirt. Yeah. He's going to wear a pantsuit. Yes, it, which reminded yes, me, yes. Which reminded me, I heard a thing the other day from a, a, a third-wave feminist about first- and second-wave feminism, which I had never even heard those terms before or contemplated, and it's really a fascinating topic. Do you know much about that? It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I have read about it. I'm not an expert by any means. But first-wave feminists almost always were in pantsuits. It's kind of a pushback against, you know... um. The way things had traditionally been. And then the second and third wave feminists are like, you no, know, why? why would we dress more like men to show that we're capable of what are you, you know, mm-hmm. so are more likely to be feminine and dress, you know, uh, very, very womanly. Now you got Minnie Mouse in a pantsuit. <laughs> she is a first wave feminist. It, it's very disturbing to recognize that. Uh,
0: I mean, it's not like I've been aroused by Minnie Mouse. But she's a hot mouse. I mean, she's a really attractive mouse.
1: Wow, that's weird, dude. And
0: uh, <laughs> that probably makes me some kind of real perv. Please, high heels, short skirt. She's cute. She's sweet. Please, any any young mouse would be a, a, a privilege to to earn her arm.
1: To share a hole in the wall. <laughs> spread onto the virus with that, sweetheart. Shunk, what a catch. Chunk of cheese on a Friday night. Please. Uh, so, professor suspended for redacted slurs in law school. Have you heard this story? It's University of Illinois, Chicago. It's almost amusing, except for it's actually happening.
0: Boy, this is right back to our theme of when you put up with this sort of thing, it, it turns us more and more into a socialist society.
1: Name is Jason Kilborn. He's a law professor at the University of Illinois, which means you probably got to be pretty damned good to get to the position he was in. Anyway, he had posed a series of hypothetical questions to his students using, using redacted Voldemort words. He didn't even spell out the entire Voldemort words, but the fact that he suggested them was enough. So he had a questionnaire that he gave out to, uh, to uh, some of his law students in an exam, and it was in a question about employment discrimination. And it referenced a plaintiff who had been called a and then it said N and then dash, 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 dash Mm -hmm. or a B dash, 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 dash. The profane expressions for African-Americans and women, it says here, in case you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I'm tracking. And so he was he was trying to talk to law students about discrimination and what's okay and what's not and referencing those words. But he knew he knew that you can't spell out those words. Because intent doesn't matter, as the New York Times and the woke crowd has told us. Even if your whole point is that you can't use that word in the workplace, you still can't use the word (laughs) because it damages people. So he knew that. Right. So he only put the first letter so he could at least alert you to the word, because how else are you going to discuss it? And then he went dash, 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 dash. Still not good enough. Still got not good enough. That wasn't enough to save Professor Kilborn from discipline by the university administrators. So he reached a resolution with the uh, university um, in uh, July in which he agreed to alert the dean before responding to student complaints about racial issues and to audio record his classes from here on out. Wow. So Shame he, on you, U of I. So he bent over backwards and played the game because he doesn't want to lose his job. Okay, from now on, I have to record all of my classes and submit them to the university so you make sure i'm not doing some wildly racist thing i mean how crazy is this we live in crazy town (laughs) well
0: and what's especially disturbing because i've been following this story for quite a while is that a handful of students pretended to be wounded and damaged by and dash, dash, dash. Right, well, I'm getting to that. It devastated them.
1: So Kilbourne welcomed both of these stipulations in order to protect himself against uh, the spurious complaints and so he could keep his job. Okay, I'll give into that. But, however, in November, under pressure from the Black Law Students Association and Jesse Jackson, the university reneged on its agreement that you get to keep your job if you do those things, the jump through the hoops we told you you have to jump through, and they decide, no, that's not enough. Jesse Jackson and the Black Law Students say that is not enough. And is now requiring to participate in month-long training in classroom conversations that address racism, and he has to write reflection papers before he can return oh to God. the classroom.
0: Don't do it, professor. Do not do it. You have to resign. Don't get on your knees. Don't go to the struggle sessions, the Maoist struggle sessions. Don't
1: do sessions. Don't do it. If you don't know what that means, Google it. Read about it. It's fascinating, and it's exactly what we make people do in America now. So he's going to have to write reflection papers before he can return to the classroom. And my guess would be their intention is to deem them not good enough at some point. But taking it even further and making it even more hilarious, he has come forward now. And this is one of the reasons he's suing the university is that the training materials that he was given to try to somehow correct his obviously racist attitudes. Included the very same slur presented in the very same way. With oh the, my God! This is the, so perfect. With the n dash 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 to refer to what he's not allowed to say in the classroom. How do you freaking like that? Now, and now, what 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 they would probably say in response is, "Well, how else are we going to tell you what word you can't say if we're not <laughs> allowed to say the word?" Excellent. I'm sure he would re- reply. That <laughs> right. is an excellent point you make there. Yeah. And how am I supposed to teach college kids who are going to be lawyers what things they can and can't say if I don't reference the word? We both seem to be in the same conundrum. Mm.
0: You know, the only <laughs> the only <laughs> thing I disagree with you on is I don't think they're going to bother even reading those papers. Once he gets on his knees and bows his
1: head, their work is through. Yeah. We it, it, it's so it's so crazy. You can't even. You, you, what do you do? You have to
0: fight it. you If you can, if you are in a position to fight this stuff, fight it
1: all the time. If you're not, we understand. Well, there have been. Remember when we had uh, Peter Bogosian on talking about how many professors across the country have have, have resigned or quit, mm-hmm. um you know, quit under the threat of being fired. uh And this guy might be in that position himself. Um, God, that's so crazy.
0: I hope he brings the the University of Chicago Law School to its knees. I mean, it's
1: so crazy. You can't even possibly imagine that there are grown-up, educated adults who think this way. Right.
0: Right, and and it's straight out of the Salem witch hunts, and that's kind of a cliche, but I mean this in a specific way, in that the alleged victims of the witches are a bunch of young people who fake up hysteria and the one sees the other one doing it and they join in. And then the uh, the Salem authorities, University of Ch- Chicago Law School, says, well, look at them. They're all educated. They must be uh, victims of something or other. And then they go persecute this poor bastard who went out of his way to be unnecessarily kid glovish with these lunatic students.
1: But there, there's so many of them, it just it just blows my mind, because the Bill Maher and Matt Taibbi and Barry Weisses of the world, who are progressive lefties that agree with me on almost nothing, do agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. If they were in charge, they'd say, no, that's crazy. Just tell the black law students, no, we have to at least be able to reference the word to have the discussion. So go back to your dorms now, everything's fine. But they don't. They're way out there from... You know, the old school lefties. Mm -hmm. Wow! That is just mind-blowing to me. I'll bet when he saw that, I wonder how long he had to sit there and just, like, catch his breath when he was going through his uh, training regimen and came across the very same use of N-dash-dash-dash that he had done. He had to think, oh my God, I I don't even know where to start here.
0: Right, right. If you didn't hear last hour, I'd encourage you to grab it via podcast at com because we read a brilliant editorial by a Brit who was talking about how uh, forcing people to adhere to nonsensical laws to get on their knees, bow their head and not complain and not call B.S. on B.S. rules and regulations and, and authorities with no authority, that's an important part of totalitarian regimes. Once they beat that out of you, then they can get whatever they need. Um and, and this poor guy, I'm sure he has his guts are just in knots because he was being, I'm glad to hear he's suing, he was being forced to pretend that what was being done to him makes sense. Was, was justice and makes sense when it's the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then all the people in the room, I assume they know it doesn't make sense, but they're going along with it, too. I wonder. I wonder. I think there are some ideological extremists who believe this stuff. Yeah, I think whoever, when the New York Times declared that intent doesn't matter, that seems to be their actual position, which is crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, Absolutely crazy. It's utterly crazy. unworkable it's and crazy. It's
1: anti-enlightenment. I mean, it's 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 so crazy.
0: Well, I liked your Voldemort reference. It's as if words have magical powers to wound.
1: Yeah. Uh, Richard Engel, NBC News on the whole Ukraine thing has an interesting tidbit that we just came across among other stuff on the way
0: Armstrong and Getty
1: There are about 130,000 troops there now.
0: Uh, there's a discrepancy in the numbers because the Ukrainians count them one way, uh, the U.S. and NATO count them in another way. Uh, the Ukrainians count Russian troops that are in separatist areas. Those numbers are not included in, in the NATO tally. But roughly we're talking about 130,000 troops on the border with more coming.
1: More of the complications of what's going on with Ukraine. So there was a phone call between Biden and Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, last night. Differing accounts of how that went. Maybe we'll get to that later this hour. Um, Confusing. We we wanted to get this joke on again just because it's so good. It's got to do with uh, Biden and uh, Stephen Mm -hmm. Breyer, the Supreme Court justice Mm -hmm. who stepped down.
0: President Biden talked about his long history with Breyer. We were joking with one another when he walked in. Did we ever think that he would have served decades on the court and I'd be president of the United States when the day he came in to retire? uh, And he looked at it. Anyway, I won't tell you what he said. I'm joking.
1: He hit the the best part of every joke. Extra words, no energy, and explaining that it's a joke. (laughs) And wow. well, what I think happened is I think even his ancient mind, part of it kicked in and said, wait a second, all you're doing is drawing attention to how incredibly old you are and how unbelievable it is that you were a senior senator at the time this guy was confirmed in the early 90s, and you're still in government now, and he's retiring because he thinks he's too old. <laughs> All you're doing is drawing attention to that with this story. So bail, bail, bail.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, 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 that's a joke. Uh, uh. We got to get the end of that. Where he just trails off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a specialty of his where he just kind of goes uh, uh, Yeah, let's
0: uh, go ahead play it again, Michael, and let's concentrate on the very end. President Biden talked about his long history with Breyer. We were j- joking with one another when he walked in. Did we ever think that he would have served decades on the court and I'd be president of the United States when the day he came in and retired? Uh, and he looked at it. Anyway, I, I won't tell what he said. I'm joking.
1: Wow, okay, so that's then, good. Yeah. So, well, because you were almost 50 when he was confirmed 30 years ago, which means you're almost 80. That's the That's the problem with the math there. You two are contemporaries,
0: and he's heading for the hills because he's ancient. Yes, we we (laughs) not a joke. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, uh, why is everyone smoking toad venom all of a sudden? I
1: don't think everyone is. I, I I haven't. My kids aren't. Are you? This, uh, this article talks about, and I've become aware
0: of this, and they go through various places. Uh, I guess it's mostly California they're talking about, or how, no, all over
1: America. How do I extract it from the toad if I were to want oh, to? Oh, we'll,
0: we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. Um, In in Southampton, soccer moms drop their kids off at school after taking their thrice-weekly microdose of psilocybin mushrooms, then meet for oak milk lattes. In Sun Valley, private retreats dedicated to tripping on MDMA or the Amazonian elixir, unpronounceable, are becoming almost as common as backyard barbecues. In Silicon Valley, tech entrepreneurs and financiers turned psychonauts believe that taking small doses of LSD, either in liquid or tab form, helps with creativity and productivity in the workforce. And then they mentioned some people like that. But now there's a weirder, wilder new drug appearing on the menu for money types in search of mind expansion, the toad. Otherwise known as 5-MeO-DMT, or if you really want to drag it out, I won't bury you with the chemicals. It's uh, It's toad venom. I didn't know toads had venom. Venomous toads do. <laughs> well, that would explain it. Now, I'm no toad expert, but uh, I do know that. So this guy who owns a uh, Malibu dispensary in uh, a Somali, if you will, of all things hallucinogenic said, uh, just as Everest is a mountain, you would climb only a few times in your life. Bufo, Jack, which is what they call the, the toad, Bufo, is a drug you would not want to take more than a few times. Quote, it is so intense and the experience so total and so life changing that I don't think you would want to do it or need to do it more than a couple of times. Wow.
1: Bufo sounds like the name of the guy you knew in college that you bought this sort of stuff from. Oh, you know Bufo? Oh, Bufo can get you anything. Yeah. Bufo, what's up, my man? A
0: number of celebrities have openly talked about their experiences, from Mike Tyson to Chelsea Handler.
1: Well, if it's good good enough for those two, why wouldn't I try
0: it? (laughs) Hunter Biden has described it as a salve in helping him kick drug addiction. Another Boy, that's quite the
1: gallery of greats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two-thirds of the frogs down in Houston are bisexual.
0: So Bufo is the venom of the Sonoran Desert Toad. You shine a bright flashlight on him at night. They freeze in the bright light. You pick them up and you... Milk I think them. you them? <laughs> Some of you are probably way ahead of me. Um, you, uh, you, you, you you squeeze them a little bit, and they spray their venom onto a mirror. It dries, and
1: there you have the flakes that you uh, you smoke. Change your life, but you don't want to do it more than once. It's too much, too intense. Info okay.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too, Thursday, I don't
1: care about you, it's Friday, I'm in love.
0: Kick is on
1: the way and it is good and the Bengals win! The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the AFC title game. Touchdown, win the game. Matt Gape and the Rams by the hair of their skinny teeth teeth. Down the middle and good! 49ers win it!
0: I liked, uh, what's his face? Who's the old announcer guy, Michael? Uh, Used to work with Madden, who's there in that... That's uh, Samuro. No, No, that Samuro is dead. That's what I meant, yeah. God rest his soul uh what's his name al michaels. michaels and by the hair of his skinny skinny teeth <laughs> it's like he confused by the hair of his chinny chin chin with the skin of his teeth and he ended up with by the hair of his skinny skinny teeth <laughs> nice that's a real pro actually he's a great guy but uh he's about as old as biden isn't he Holders hell. So, you know, I was thinking of having some of the fellows over to watch some football action, but I know it'll turn into a drinking occasion. And, you know, Sunday night's a work night for us, and I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll just uh, smoke a little toad venom and uh, and uh, let's see, and feel the oneness with the universe. Mm. So I'm still stuck on this toad venom stuff. Bufo. <clears throat> um. So the effects are immediate and Intense. Most people who try bufo describe a feeling of oceanic boundlessness.
1: So you have to shove the toad up in you? Is that the way? <laughs>
0: no, no, sir, you misunderstand completely. You take it squeezins, you dry them, then you, I think oh. you smoke
1: them. Oh, okay. Them. Well, that's much yeah, easier. Yeah, in a glass pipe. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: but less pleasurable. Anyway, uh, they describe a feeling of oceanic
1: boundlessness.
0: I can't remember the last time I felt Oceanic (laughs) Boundlessness.
1: If I have a band named Oceanic Boundlessness, we do a lot of John Tesh sort of stuff.
0: (laughs) 17-minute-long, meandering, you know, tuneless
1: garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Tuneless garbage. So the toad suppositories you're taking the toad mm, Again, and, uh, not entirely accurate but go on the most interesting part of it to me is the is the idea that it's only recommended you do it once it's so intense or at
0: least not more than a couple of times this this is you know and and it's easy to make make jokes people yeah, are smoking totally so jokes um but this is an interesting field of of psychology these days but listen to the the describe the description of the effect oceanic boundlessness of oneness with the universe they describe a high level of ego dissolution some describe a fusion with god a visceral connection with the divine source of all life and a sense of connection with all beings from my one experience taking ecstasy or mdma that all sounds par for the course for hallucinogenic drugs uh but, but with Bufo, however, most ex- most users experience such a dissolution of the self and ego that they feel that they are dead or dying, that they exist in a blank space and they slowly reemerge to be born again, flushed of all of their perceived flaws and addictions. Hold on now. And no longer able to feel pain from past trauma. Wow. In so, this book this guy wrote, he said, I felt an inexplicable urge to lift my knees. As soon as I raised them, I felt something. St- oh, no, that's not worth reading. Anyway, it's like being
1: reborn. So um, Joe Rogan, who can't coexist with Neil Young for some reason, um, <laughs> uh, it talks a fair amount about doing mushrooms and having similar experiences and how it, it, it changed impermanently. Um, The way he looks at the world. And I, I had a friend uh, years ago um, who used to talk about that all the time. That just, you, you know, you'll never look at the world. I haven't done this. So uh, but he said, you'll never look at the world the same way. I'm so glad I did it. And, and what I wonder about, you said it's a, a, a fascinating new area of psychology. If all this is true, as these people claim, what do we do with that as humanity? I mean, if a whole bunch of people can make the statement that I am enjoying life, more now from this experience than i would have otherwise and at what point is it just something you got to do well i think we need to nod at least to the experiments with
0: psilocybin uh, being used to treat uh, post-traumatic stress disorder oh yeah it yeah, shows
1: enormous promise I, I yeah i i certainly i get all that sort of stuff to uh, to treat you know on uh, the problems but if it but if if people who are otherwise fine say it's made their lives significantly better having done that. What does that mean about being a human being? So you you can't enjoy the human condition unless you do this. Mm. And then is that cheating or are you missing out on some of the struggle somehow that is important in the end? I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, at the risk of sounding like we're both stoned,
0: I mean, uh, there are probably non-drug ways to get to the same consciousness, and and I understand what they're talking about. Um, having perhaps taken a walk on the wild side, when you are when you look at life completely differently for a limited amount of time, and they say within an hour you're back to being clear-headed after smoking this stuff, in spite of the just crazy, crazy, uh, you know, hallucinogenic properties of it. Um, you recognize that so many of the ways you think are not the only way to think. It's like I've talked about uh, drinking um, by habit and drinking consciously. Um, and, and it's like and, and that's the reason why I think people with traumatic stress or addictions or whatever, once you step outside, you can see your patterns. You can see them really vividly like you're somebody else and realize, "Oh, I didn't have to think like that and act like that. That was just the pattern I was in." Wow.
1: And they leave that stuff behind. I guess what I'm saying is if if there's a flaw in the human makeup that needs to be fixed by something you know, outside the, that doesn't come with the package of just being born. It right. Th- it seems like there's something wrong there. I'm not sure. I believe this argument, um,
0: but because I haven't thought about it enough. But my answer might be uh, penicillin does that very same thing. It takes care of a flaw in human physiology. Scientists discovered it. It makes life better,
1: longer, and more livable. And brain is a chemicals doing their thing, and sometimes they don't work the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Again, I'm not committed to that idea, but it's not a terrible argument. I'd have to think about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And who has the time?
1: Uh, We have breaking inside baseball media news that I don't know how many of you are as into as I am, or Joe might be. So we're fans of The Dispatch around here, which is a a news outfit run by Steve Hayes and Jonah Goldberg and a whole bunch of people that they hired. They both quit Fox News fairly publicly a couple of weeks back because they didn't want to be associated with Tucker Carlson's documentary about January 6th. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonah Goldberg's been showing up on Meet the Press a lot recently, and now breaking news today, uh, Steve Hayes who's the CEO, I think, of the Dispatch, has has signed a contract with NBC. Um, And I just came across this from uh, some media critic on, uh, so Tucker Carlson, bad, Joy Reid, okay. With the idea being, so you couldn't, you just couldn't even work at Fox, even though you weren't on Tucker's show, you just couldn't even be associated with Fox, because Tucker exists on there, and you disagreed with his take on January 6th. Mm-hmm. but you can be part of MSNBC. You're not on Joy Reid's show, but you're part going to be part of NBC, even though she spews stuff every bit as freaking out there as anything you ever hear on uh,
0: Fox. Right, I would agree, and far beyond. Are they maybe resting their hat on, uh, hanging their hat on the fact that MSNBC is not NBC? Oh, I'm sure they
1: are. Per se. I'm sure they are. Yeah, that's an interesting point. But couldn't you have hung your hat on Brett Bear is not Tucker Carlson? If you're going to go with Meet the Press, is not Joy Reid?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same corporate uh, umbrella. Yeah, so totally legitimate point, I think.
1: Huh. So,
0: uh, some more George Gascon news as that dangerous criminal uh, continues to wreak havoc on L.A. in particular, and his ideas uh, spread across America. Uh, crime is on the rise. Everybody knows that. Simply say, "Home security aims to keep you and your family safe and secure in your home." And twenty percent off right now because you know us. New Year's holiday deal: twenty percent off their award-winning home security, and your first month is free when you sign up for interactive
1: monitoring service. So I was talking to somebody about home security the other day, and they uh, they were interested in the Simply Safe thing, and I was pitching it to them just about how good it is. And I said, "Yeah, I already got a contract with somebody else." Ooh, that's the way a lot of those outfits work. Simply Safe is the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News and World Report, as we say all the time. But there are no long-term contracts or commitments. They're confident in their product. They don't have to sign you up and get you committed for two years because they believe you're going to stay there just because you think it's good. And they don't come to your home and
0: drill a bunch of holes in your window sills and charge you $300 for the pleasure. You set it up yourself. It's super easy. They're there to help you if you have any questions. Just go to simplysafecom slash armstrong to learn more. You save 20% off. Get that free month of monitoring when you sign up for interactive monitoring. Simplysafe.com slash armstrong.
1: <clears throat>
0: so uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the clock. We could take a break now or I don't know.
1: I've got this story about how Scotland Yard is being accused of a massive cover-up to try to save Boris Johnson's job. Maybe look into that. If that's true, that would be a huge scandal. All right, a little law enforcement theme next uh, segment then. Um, And also what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Did President Biden tell the president of Ukraine, hey, your capital's about to get sacked, man. Get ready. Uh, What now? Yeah, stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: It's crazy, and the great thing is Governor Gavin Newsom stands amongst the garbage and goes, what the hell's going on here? It looks like a third world country. Well, you're the banana republic dictator of this third world country. How come you don't know what's going on in your country?
0: Mm -hmm. Close personal friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Adam Carolla
1: there. (laughs) That's a pretty good point.
0: Meanwhile...
1: (laughs) Raiders. Adam Carolla could not pay enough attention to being on a, with us to not whiz while he was on the air. Wouldn't even hold it till he got done with the interview. Ah, it's Armstrong again. I'll just what go ahead. What the hell is going on? I'll just go ahead and whiz while I'm talking to him. He's an older man. He had to go. <laughs> Frequent urination, et cetera. <laughs> Low mean, T. Meanwhile, uh,
0: Raiders of the Lost Ark Nazi-sounding Marxist LADA George Gascon is facing criticism after sentencing a 26-year-old child rapist to pretty much nothing, happened to be a transgender woman, pleaded guilty to sexually assaulting a 10-year-old girl in a Denny's bathroom, and because that crime was committed two weeks before that person turned 18... Ah, uh, that, uh, Gascon says, well, I was a childhood offense and uh, so, or just, well, essentially just a short stay in juvie than a home detention, maybe. I did mostly parole. Said LA County Supervisor Catherine Barger, it's useless to catch criminals like this Hannah Tubbs if we don't follow through and seek justice for victims like the 10-year-old girl she sexually assaulted. She bears the burden of a lifetime of trauma. So, this, uh, t- transgender 26 year old was, uh, 17 and, you know, 50 weeks at the time of the assault, has since been arrested and accused of other batteries, sex crimes, whatever. But George Gascone says, nah, nah, your brain's not fully formed when you're barely 18. So, let's not worry about it. Um, Gascone told the LA Times, uh, that he was concerned Tubbs could be victimized in an adult facility as a trans woman. Instead, mm. a probation report recommended she be sentenced to home confinement.
1: Then um, uh, they point out that's probably true, but I don't know how we're going to deal with that on a case by case basis. It get pretty expensive if we're always going to have separate oh, home yeah. confinement for people.
0: Tubbs has previously been arrested for battery, drug possession, probation violations in Idaho and Washington, accused of a uh, sex assault on a minor in Kern County, California, but the case did not get prosecuted. Tubbs might also qualify as developmentally disabled and has multiple mental illnesses, according to the L.A. Times. Wow. Wow. Gascon believes the real victims are the criminals because they're victims of society. Can't get this guy out fast enough.
1: No kidding. We cannot uh, prosecute
0: our way out of the desperation that we have. What a bizarre and perverse thing to say. Yep. It's as if the commissioners of sewers said, We cannot flush our way out of the desperation and homelessness we see. To which I would say, that's got nothing to do with your job. (laughs) What are you talking about? You're a prosecutor. Prosecute, you communist. Prosecute, you communist.
1: Awesome. Where's that accent from? You make that up, huh? Yeah, well, maybe I did. I, I feel don't like, remember. I feel like he got his tongue caught in something. No, he didn't. No? Stop it. Mm. What else were we going to talk about? I don't remember. I thought you were going to do the uh, the Ukraine thing here. No, 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 no. No? Nope. Next hour, 17. Your Mine mouth 17. Is saying no, but your eyes say yes. He had yes, yes in his eyes, but no nose on his face. One of my favorite <laughs> all-time sayings. I think that's a Marx Brothers thing.
0: Oh, uh, by the way, uh, with the football action impending, uh, one of our alert listeners came up with where the NFL came up with those statistics that they're throwing around about, you know, I'll make 10% less than a white person at the same job, and my house is worth nothing because it's in a black neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. Seems to be from the McKinsey Institute for Black and Economic
1: Mobility. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen that a couple places, so we need to dig into that, and uh, I want to do that. give that full shrift at some point. Yeah. Because you're probably going to see those PSAs this weekend. Guaranteed. Here's an interesting thing for you, how weird the economy is. Speaking of the dispatch, they've had this out today. You know, you expect the economy to be really weird when the weirdest things in the history of the free market have happened in the last two years. Whether it's the shutting down businesses or the uh, government spewing out trillions of dollars, none of this stuff has ever happened. So, of course, you're going to end up with anomalies. Um, The weird... Situation right now. The unemployment rate is at 3.9%. Lower than it's been at any point since 1970, except for a couple of weeks here and there. Year-over-year wage growth is near its highest level since the metric began uh, being tracked in the mid-2000s. Yesterday, we learned that GDP grew at 5.7%, fastest rate since 1984. Um... And they believe that the U.S. economy is only 1% smaller than it likely otherwise would have been without the pandemic, Hmm. if those numbers are accurate. Yet, 72% of respondents in a recent Pew poll believe the economy is only fair or poor. Three-quarters of us think the economy is fair or poor, despite all those numbers. And why do we think so? For obvious reasons. Because gas costs 50% more now than it did a year ago. Beef prices are 20% higher. 40% more to buy a used car if you could find one anywhere. The whole supply chain thing, you go to any store, anything you want to buy, they have very few or none of them on the shelf. So that's having a huge effect on our mood. And, of course, they left out of there the uh, horrifying inflation number, which is at a 40-year high. Moving up. Just overall. Yeah,
0: giant aggregate numbers can mislead as often as they can, you know, lead you to the truth. Uh, for folks, uh, you know, working Americans and and the not rich, uh, if, for instance, construction companies are just raking in money. Because housing prices are increasing so quickly, that doesn't do me any good.
1: They also left out, well, the unemployment rate is... So misleading, it's better to not use it at all. Hmm. The number of people that have stopped looking for work, that's what we were talking about earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal article about men not working. It's men that are not working and aren't looking for work, and they don't count in the unemployment rate. The job participation of men of prime working age is lower than it was during the Great Depression, which is stunning. But, yeah, so that's part of the unemployment rate being where it is. A lot of people have just given up looking, which you can only do in a welfare state. Give up yeah. looking for work in Mexico or an African country or lots of places in the world. Just give up looking for work. See how long you can go before you're really, really hungry.
0: I'm not looking for work in an African country, so I don't see your point. I do see his point. I probably should have phrased that <laughs> <No>. differently. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It's Friday. I don't give a damn anymore. Who, who am I kidding? Oh, do you see that ISIS is resurgent in the Middle East and our guys are getting drawn back into the fighting? Some some indirectly, mostly now. But uh, I, saw, yeah.
1: I saw we had the biggest airstrikes since uh, the big ISIS war with uh, when was it early Trump or late Obama. So quite a few years and did barely made the news. We mm-hmm. have so many soldiers around the world that get involved in full on war combat. You don't even hear about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, hearing that ISIS is a big uh, threat in the Middle East. It was like, you know, hearing that Huey Lewis in the news had a hit record or something. I'm like, what? Wait, I, that's right. I remember that. Oh, that was huge a w- long time ago.
1: ISIS. It's all anybody ever talked about. They took over a chunk of uh, the Middle East the size of Texas. Remember? Right. They want a new drug or no, that was the other guy. That was, yeah. Huey, don't, that was get, the band. Try not to get Huey Lewis and ISIS mixed up. I'll try not. People <laughs> rarely make that mistake, but you've done it twice now. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Armstrong and
0: Getty.